0: Thanks for finding us. This is a message recorded at Fairfax Assembly in Bakersfield, California. You can find out more at fairfaxassembly.com. I don't want to speak long today. In fact, all I want to do is talk to you about one thing, hope. Hope. The dictionary definition of hope is long and convoluted and involved. Um, I found a simple one. Hope means to await some occurrence or outcome. We're in the Advent season. Advent simply means coming. We celebrate the first coming of Christ. Week by week, we'll add a candle. We'll add a banner. This week, we talk about hope. Hope is something that is important in all of our lives. It's a big part of a child's life, isn't it? Kids are hoping all the time. You know, mom will let me go over to my friend's house. I'm hoping I get to go to camp this year. Uh, I'm hoping we have chocolate cake for dessert. Hope is a big reason why we take kids to Santa at Christmas time, isn't it? Because they have hopes and they have dreams, and we want them to express them and have fun with it. But hope's a little more difficult when it comes to an adult. It's a little more difficult to be hopeful as an adult sometimes. A little more difficult. There was a guy by the name of Zachariah. He was one of the priests in the temple, and it was his turn to serve, his two weeks to serve. He was in the temple late one night. His task was to keep the candles lit. And as he approached the holy place to light the candles, he's suddenly aware that there is an angel in the holy place with him. And the angel begins to speak to him and make all sorts of promises. Among them that he and his wife, now up in years, well past childbearing years, they have never had a child. They've always longed for a child. And now the angel says, it's going to happen to you, just like it happened to Father Abraham and Mother Sarah centuries ago. You're going to have a child in your old age. And this child will grow up to become an incredible human being. This child will grow up to become John the Baptist. He lists all of the ways that this child will be exemplary and be special, but he says most importantly that this child of yours, Zechariah, this child of promise will be a forerunner to the Messiah, to the King that's coming. You see, people had hoped that Messiah would come and deliver them, and they had been hoping for hundreds of years, but for the last 400 years, they had not heard word one from God. The glory that filled the temple in years past for 400 years had not filled the temple. And the prophetic word that would come from the likes of Isaiah and Ezekiel, it had been silent for 400 years. The last prophet to speak, Malachi's last word from the Lord was, Lest I come and smite you with a curse, it was not a cheery farewell. But for 400 years nobody had heard anything from God. And the people had begun to lose hope that the promised Savior would ever come. Little children would ask their father, Daddy, has God ever spoken to you? And he would have to say no. Did he ever speak to Grandpa? No. Did he ever speak to Great Grandpa? No. 400 years had been silent from God. Until that night in that darkened temple when Isaiah, when Zechariah was going through the motions of lighting the candles and he's visited by a representative from God, an angel, and God speaks to his heart and says, you'll have a son and he'll be special and he will be a forerunner to the promised Messiah. We sang about come thou long expected Jesus. He's been expected for a long time and now in the life of Zechariah, in that darkened temple, there is a flicker of hope that it's finally going to happen because his son, to be born, will grow to be the forerunner, forerunner. Take that little compound word apart. He will go before. He will run before. And he will announce the coming of Christ, the Messiah. Zechariah has reason now for hope. For the simple fact that God is on the way. God is on the way. I don't want to keep you long today, but I have to tell you something that happened to me on Friday. I went to see a friend that sometimes visits our church, Tino. Tino Liziola. Tino, sometimes you'll recognize him. I ask him to come and help because God uses him in great ways. He's been to the Philippines and Mexico, and, and he's a great servant of God and a great friend. But he was having back surgery. He had it the other day, Thursday. And so I went to see I was doing on Friday at San Joaquin. And I happened to get there just as the therapists were doing their good work and for the first time post-op getting him up out of bed. No small task for a serious back surgery. And so he was inching himself off the bed and he got up on the walker and with their assistance he was happy to take some steps down the hall and he turned and he was coming back and and the pain was minimal, and we were thanking God for that. After he got settled into his chair, we talked for a while. I shared some scripture with him. And then before I left, I said, Tino, let's pray. Christy was there with him. And so together we began to pray that God would, would let his, record, his recovery be record and, and that there would be a minimum of pain and that everything would heal up all right. And in the middle of our time of praying, if you've ever been in a hospital when this happens, they called code blue for somebody on that floor. And it goes through every speaker in the place. And it's so loud that you can't think about anything else except the fact that down the hall, somebody is losing their life. And so they called code blue several times. And we had to stop praying. You couldn't hear yourself think. And after the speaker went off again, we could hear the clatter of talented people running to that person's room. We stopped praying for Tino, and we began to pray for whoever that friend was in that room. We didn't know man, woman, young, old. We didn't know anything about them. But we began to plead, the three of us, that Jesus would walk into that room and that he would guide the hands of those incredibly talented people smart people, and that they would be able to do what they cannot do, restore life, and that God would spare whoever that was that they were coding out. Well, we finished the prayer, and, and I said, I'll see you later, and I walked out of the room. As I got out of the room, I got to the double doors to lead to the, to the elevator when I saw some of those medical people high-fiving each other And and then I heard over the loudspeaker, cancel code blue. And I went back into Tino's room, and I stuck my head in, and I said, you see what Jesus just did there? That's the Savior that we have. That's the Savior that we hope in. And all of our hopes are grounded in him. He is a good God who does all things well. And one of the reasons among a thousand that Jesus came to earth, that God took on human form and He walked with us and talked with us and He sympathized with us and empathized with us and He felt what it is to be a human being and He died as a human being, the reason He did that among many is that you would have hope. But I want you to know that your hope today is not just a blind wish. Your hope is in the rock of ages. Your hope is in Christ Himself. Your hope is in the God-made flesh. Your hope is in the God who lives inside of you. Unless you think it's something far off and distant, I want to leave you with a scripture that, I don't know how it is with you, but sometimes I read a thing in God's Word. And maybe I've read it a hundred times a hundred. But I read it this time and I read it differently. And then a phrase or just a few words, they lodge in my brain and they just begin to bore a place there. And that's the way it's been with a little phrase that I read this last week in a little letter of James, all the way at the end of your New Testament. In James, first chapter, verse 25, there's just a little phrase there. He talks about a, a law of liberty. And in, in verse 21 is that little phrase. He says, receive, listen, the Word implanted. The Word implanted in you. Jesus Christ is the Word. He's the most intimate expression of who God is. The Bible says, in Him dwells all the fullness of of the Godhead bodily. He is God in human form. And he's been planted in each of us. So the thing that you hope for, it's already there. He's already closer than beside you. He's inside you. Receive the word that's been planted in you. Your hope is already there. You've been listening to a slightly inspired message from Fairfax Assembly, a different kind of church in Bakersfield, California. Find out more at www.fairfaxassembly.com.